Yeah, well, I think that's why I always ran a room is I always uh, felt like I knew more than the people that were booking because most of right. the people booking, even the high end comedy clubs, have never grabbed a microphone. You know, no. they never. You know, I remember I had a breakdown on Last Comic Standing when it first came out because the two guys that were judging the people that were going to be on the show had never done stand up, and it was oh. like before they had comics doing that, and it was. Right. And I, they were like producers or something for the Tonight Show. And I was like, dude, you've never grabbed a microphone. Who are you to say anything yes. about comedy? And I had a big, crazy meltdown. And needless to say, I didn't get on the show. <laughs> this is Tokyo Tonight. Tonight. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, we met yeah. somewhere awful and we weren't getting paid enough. That's all. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty clear that that's what happened. And that creates the bond. Did I ever tell you about, did I tell you last time we were together, the first time I do remember seeing you though? Uh, maybe. It was, it was, uh, I was like, I swear to God, I was just starting out. I don't even think, I think I'd done like one or two shows. And I got to hang out at Caroline's and just mm. kind of, you know, somebody had brought me in there or whatever. And uh, and you were one of the first comedians that popped on stage and you had a cowboy hat. You know, you still the same thing. You had the cowboy hat, the whole thing. And I really didn't know what to expect because I'd never seen that before in New York. And then you fucking crushed. Like oh, you had just yeah. this great, super smart, awesome material. And it was like a weird, it was like a weird crowd, too. Like, but like you just you just didn't give a fuck. And you just went up there and like boom 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 just knocked it out of the park and i was like oh this is gonna be hard <laughs> i'm glad you saw that night because the odds of you getting a meltdown were pretty high so you, you missed about nine of those and got that one that night that's uh, pretty great yeah you know yeah, i've updated my look a little bit i'm a little less yeah i, I call this look uh southern gentleman that's the look i'm going for now. there you go like, i used to kind of be a little kid rocky a little like you know dwight yoakam now it's like you know just kind of it's, it's got my own thing going. I call it, I uh, like it. Redneck DMC. You know what I mean? Red like it's got a different, different kind of look. To it. <laughs> oh my God. I live in LA now. You know, I got I to gotta spice I it know. up. I, I still can't get that. adjusted to the fact that you're not in New York anymore. Like, I know we like, but that you are part of New York to me. And I know yeah, all my true. friends, you know, would do, do your room and stuff like that in, in Greenwich. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel weird that you're not there anymore. Yeah, you know, I feel like I did New York. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. saw like twelve Broadway shows. Like I, you know, <laughs> I saw at least ten dicks on the subway. You know what I mean? Like I, right. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I did it. Like yeah. I did everything. You know, I get TV. Whatever. I don't know. I just feel like I kind of tapped out, and I needed yeah. to kinda move to the next thing. You know, go go to another crazy place, and then like get tired of that place, and then move to England or wherever is next. You know? <laughs> whatever the progression is, but please yeah. tell me when you left, you did a, a Dustin Chafin BuzzFeed top 10 list of things you need to see in New York. <laughs> I would. I saw 10 dicks. <laughs> I saw 12 Broadway shows. We did that. We did that. I'll, I'll write it. By the end of the show, we'll have it. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but I miss New York, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. but I miss the, the cheesy, like, you know, like just pizza and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really miss it that much. Like I thought I would. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't miss the, a lot of the comics, you know? Cause oh, no. it's like, the thing is when you run a comedy room, it's like comics become something else to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just, like I want to, like, I, yeah, like I want to hate a comic because they're an asshole or because how they vote, not because they email me nine times a day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, God. I love that you said how they vote. Yeah. See, this is, I was looking forward to this for so, because we have so, I feel like we just have so much to fucking talk about. Um, yeah, the, the, the running a show thing, I've only ever produced little individual shows, and I know that that's annoying to do, and I can't imagine having to run one where everyone knows you can't hide that you're booking it. It's not a one-off. It's that's what you're doing. You're running yeah. a show in this. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad I did it. Like I started some, you know, I was basically, I was really good at running bar comedy shows right. to the point where I was the best in Manhattan. And then all the comedy clubs wanted me to run my bar shows in their comedy clubs. Nice. And so that's kind of how it happened. Like I was the first one to do comedy at the uh, village lantern 
Like it was, and that's what it was Patrice O'Neill. It was Jim well. Norton. I mean, we were rivaling the cellar. And then it was wow. just like this whole thing. And we were just like running shows seven nights a week. We had Barkers in the Corner thing. You know, it was like, it was great. It was like a really good room. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I was asked because of that show to run the Boston Comedy Club, which was kind of the, one of the big legendary clubs of Manhattan. Yeah. Well, at one particular time I was running the Boston Comedy Club and the, and the Village Lantern all at the same time. So I would oh start one show and then run to West Third. I'd wow. run to Laker to West Third, <laughs> turn on the lights, get the mic, get the show going, and then run back to the Lantern. I was doing that back and forth all night. A lot of Holy good things. Holy shit. Good cardio. Yeah. But it, was, a, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. So I was the Pope of, you know, the yeah. Village Comedy for a while. And then, and then you know, I was, then I was at the cellar and then I was, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I wasn't even drinking and I made a decision to go with Al Martin instead of the seller. But <laughs> I was sober like 13 years. Like, what am I what's wrong with me? How, how many minutes are we in? And we, mean, got an Al Martin, we got yeah. an Al Martin. We got an Al Martin seller, and I chose to open a comedy club next door and get banned for life. That was smart. So wow. I don't know oh. make the best decisions, but uh wow. but it was cool because Al let me do what I wanted to do. So yeah. we opened this club and it's like I got to run my scene. And so a lot right. of people came from it and stuff. So it's cool. I don't regret anything. I think it's hilarious. But it's like, it's just yeah. funny. Like you just do stuff. You don't know, you know. But No, just, I know. Yeah. And it, you know what's crazy is like I didn't realize when I started. I guess I guess it's almost kind of like any job where you don't realize the little nuances and like everybody's got like a certain tick. But I didn't realize how fucking touchy people were about that kind of shit. Like yeah. I just thought it was comedy and everybody loved stand-ups and like to laugh. And then I found out that everybody's got their little pinprick on a map territory that they've outlined and you don't even know you're just coming into it. Yeah. Um, I, the only people that suffer are the comedians, you know, oh, exactly. It's like, it's like, you know, you go to new Orleans and it's like, it's Hey, jazz club, jazz club, jazz club, mm-hmm. strip club, strip club, jazz club. Jazz yeah. Club. It's all like all the <laughs> things are all right. next. To each other. There's like 30 of them and they're right next to each other. Nobody cares. Nobody right. Cares off that you, Opened a jazz club across the street from this jazz club. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. yeah. Weird. Comedy is very competitive. I know. Territorial. It's really. There strange. was the, the, uh, one of the one of the lessons, or kind of like a lesson. I didn't really learn. I never really learned anything. But there's uh, there was like uh, um, the the one of the dudes because there's a couple, but one of the dudes who uh, you know runs Omnipop or whatever. And I, I we're friendly now, but I, he doesn't remember me. And I guess that's a good. I mean, it's not helping. That's me, why you're friendly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the key, though. So, yeah, like, but, I don't get along very well. So, keep going with this. Story. Oh, great. Okay, good. So, 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 fucking, I'm 22 years. I started comedy when I was 20, and uh, and then uh, so I'm like 22 years old. I live in Tom's River, New Jersey. You know, at the time, and uh, it's where I grew up, where I went to high school. And they opened up a comedy club in that town. And I and I use comedy club loosely. It was, you know, I don't know if you ever did knuckleheads in Tom's River, New Jersey, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, great name though, great name. I know it is a great name. That cur- <laughs> they, they, they always have the worst names, you know? <laughs> like bananas, knuckleheads, yeah. coconuts. You know, the, <laughs> the laugh clit. You know what I mean? Like, I some, it's always something terrible, and you're like, oh god, <laughs> some cartoon character with a microphone. Oh yeah, horrible. The yeah. greatest thing about knuckleheads though was that they completely ripped off Curly's head and then mm-hmm. put it on as the best. And I was like, do you get licensing for that? And they're like. <laughs> No, so it's like, but no one knows we're here so it's like it doesn't no matter so yeah so they so but they were like i was like the you know going between this shitty club and point pleasant that i'm banned from by the way but you're i feel like if you're banned from the comedy that's a whole other echelon of band like oh, I'm, oh, I'm banned from uncle vinnie's in point oh, pleasant yeah. that's I've more bridges in vietnam like i got, I got a lot of, <laughs> I got a lot of and i tell you what my expression is is uh, i don't mind burning bridges because i know how to swim that's what there i always say go. there you go um, so, so I do this, so I'm, you know, I do this, my hometown club or whatever. I'm like the how, you know, the MC there, but they were like, Hey, would you, would you book the shows? And I was like, Oh my God, that'd be fucking great. I was like, I figure I could book all my, you know, people that I've met on the road in New York and friends and shit like that. And they were giving out ridiculous money. Cause they didn't know they, they were, they shouldn't have been, you know what I mean? Like actually they should have, but they didn't know the other clubs were not paying. So I was like, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm going to book, <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, uh, Joe Starrick McBann, you know, those guys, whatever. So I, I start to make phone calls. I book people. They're coming in. And the dude from Omnipop, I don't even know how he got my number, but he calls me and he starts, I'm 22 years old. I'm in my apartment and I'm like, it, it, you know, on my bed, basically just like hanging out. And he's like, who the fuck do you think you are? And I was like, this is John Poveromo. And you would be <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know who I think I am. And he's like, 
you're taking my God, like screaming at me. Like I'm, you know, 60 and I've been in the business for 30 years and I should know better. And I was just like, and I didn't know that that was like a thing. I was like, well, I'm not taking anybody. I'm paying them. And it's a one nighter and uh, it's on on the off night. And (laughs) I don't know what to say. And I got reamed out for it. Oh, and yeah. today he has no idea because he he's asking me for shit. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like I think the people that I don't know the people that run comedy or they're they're really the dregs. Uh, yeah, of the barrel. It's it's really it's an interesting thing because it's because comedy is kind of it's I don't know it's it's a step up from karaoke. We we make it more. <laughs> <than really is>. <laughs> we're just monkeys that move drinks you know what i mean people treat us like shit it's, it's like karaoke those play. 10 dicks you saw in new york city <laughs> county <laughs> i mean now that i play theaters it's a big, you know, different but you know but you guys and your comedy book no but it's like you know people just i don't know they just, it's just the people that run it don't know what they're doing man no it's like they're causing problems and right and it, i don't know i Do wish it was to- that way when did you get to the point though where you realized? Because you know, I mean, I think I was still kind of young, but I, I feel like every every comic does get to a point where you realize that there's nobody that like nobody really cares about the comedy, like like nobody cares about your career or the comedy. You have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that's why I always ran a room is I always uh, felt like I knew more than the people that were booking because most of right. the people booking, even the high end comedy clubs, have never grabbed a microphone. You know, they never, you know, I remember I had a breakdown on Last Comic Standing when it first came out because the two guys that were judging the people that were going to be on the show had never done stand up. And it was like before they had comics doing that. And it was, and they were like producers or something for the Tonight Show. And I was like, dude, you've never grabbed a microphone. Who are you to say anything about comedy? And I had a big crazy meltdown. And needless to say, I didn't get on the show. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, but I think a lot of people that, that involve themselves in the, in the, creative process of stand-up they, they they've never done it and so yeah. I, think I felt like i was a guy that i've been doing it for a while most of my you know if you're if you're not funny i'm probably not going to be your friend because i like right. being around funny people so all my friends are funny right you know, my girlfriend's funny like anybody i'm around yep. like, we're all just funny people it's like we're all my group is funny and so right. any show i would do i could get a guy that's an, a well-named guy a big name guy who maybe wouldn't need much money because he's my buddy and he's just working out or whatever so i ran all these good shows but i felt like that's kind of why i did it because i felt yeah. like people didn't know how to run a show Right. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I don't know. And I think that's just, you know, comics should be involved in the process a little bit. But the problem is when you get in that that thing where you're like, I just want to be a comic. And then everybody treats you like a booker. And that's when yeah. you, that's when you have to move to L.A. and just change the number. <laughs> and- <laughs> I hear you. I lived I moved out to L.A. I lived there for like two years. Yeah. And uh, and I, I felt the same way. You, you know, I, I missed the dumb stuff. I missed the pizza, the bagels. You get there's no good bagel places out there or whatever. But like. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I miss that kind of shit. But I, you know, I don't know. There was like there was something good about getting away and and even then coming back. I love it. And I don't think I'll ever come back to New York permanently. Like I, I'd love to have a, you know, a place both coasts. That's the goal, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I, I love L.A. I love um, I don't know. I just love the challenge. You know, I, yeah. I like people don't know. A lot of people know who I am, but they just know me from whatever they see on stage, you know, you, sure. you, you know, you're not tainted by this thing in New York. Everybody knows me as this one thing. So I get to change my identity a little bit and just I agree. have fun nope. and be a comic. What's cool is anytime I go back to out to LA, it's like, I can just get spots no matter what. Cause I was, well, when I went out there, I did the same thing you did, like you said, but I'm like, Pat, I, I always welcome at the ice house, you know, and that's always a blast. Flappers was always really good to me. Uh, Comedy magic club and it was open um and it's like they're great rooms and they're really really not i i wasn't used to how warm they are to comedians yeah just so you know two of those clubs aren't open anymore but anyway. i know i no, saw that tell me that <laughs> I, I was really sad about flappers is the only thing and the comedy store but that's you know comedy store is a comedy store but flappers yeah but yeah the ice house i like how the ice house i feel so bad but they're like we're under renovation and i was like sure uh, <laughs> like, are you guys coming back? Like, it's been, it's been a long time for a renovation. Um, but yeah, but what I like way. about LA is like, you know, I feel like there was a time where comedy took a shift, and um, you know, far as like, you know, doing your stand up and somebody recognizing you or somebody yeah. seeing you for your talent, P- people industry's not hanging out at comedy clubs anymore. You know, they're no. cooking on YouTube. They're, you know, like it's like it's a whole different thing. But in LA, I feel like 
there's still kind of these hungry people, agents and people from uh, mm -hmm. production houses and Warner Brothers and stuff. Like I've had just like, you know, eight people in the crowd and like a head dude from a network come up and yeah. start talking to me. I didn't have that happen to me hardly ever in New York. You know, yeah. I feel like those guys didn't hang out. You know, it's like, yeah. I feel you. Are so you doing I like that about L.A. That's what I like. Yeah. Well, I and like then you look over in the balcony and Red Hot Chili Peppers that are laughing at your jokes. You know, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, I like oh, that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that's the craziest thing too. I met, uh, um, I was doing a set at Flappers and I met Dave Grohl and he was in the audience and I got a picture with him and I was just like, I didn't fucking see Dave Grohl in any of the, you know, at at uh, at fucking um, what's bananas. Bananas or uh, you know, yeah, knuckleheads, knuckleheads, yeah, yeah, or uh, <laughs> knuckleheads. What was that? <laughs> Monkey balls. What do you got? What is? <laughs> what was that? What was that fucking room at Charlie O's for a bit or whatever? I think it was called Charlie. It was um Franklin's. Ben Frank, Frank Joe Franklin's. Or, yeah, yeah, Charlie. Uh, yeah, I used to play Ben Franklin's. That's who I played. Ben Franklin's. <laughs> <laughs> I got sniffles there. It was a rough room. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for knowing that. Oh, my God. They made you bark for electricity at those rooms. Hey! <laughs> Look at us. That's how you do comedy, kids. Anybody <laughs> watching the show? No, but that's how you do comedy. <laughs> guests on here. We got we to gotta work on your PR, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is when my computer crashes on guys, principle. You guys got to do more. Like, gotta, yeah. This is a great show. You got to get it out uh, to the people. Yeah, man. Oh, please. Yeah. Um, what I got to ask, because I ask everybody that comes on there, because I don't really know. What is the, did, did you always want to do stand-up? Was that your thing, kid? You want to be a comedian or no? No, no. Um, uh, let's see. I didn't, I think the first thing I wanted to do was be a professional boxer because I was, uh, my wow. parents put me into boxing when I was like five years old. Holy shit. And so uh, that was the first kind of like, taste of like attention that i got i mean of course now look back it's kind of like a lazy way of beating your kids when you put your kid into boxing <laughs> <laughs> you're like did you break that window yeah get the round with bubba for a couple of yeah yeah we don't have time to discipline him but maybe this yeah. guy will <laughs> yeah, we didn't their headgear back then either they're like they're pussies now these kids <laughs> but, uh, but it was weird because i kind of became like a hometown celebrity because wow. I was like golden gloves at the age of six. And I was like, and, and there was very few kind of child boxers because most parents cared about their kids. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and at one point there was like, um, they, they had like a news network that the, the local, Wichita Falls, Texas. And it was like a local news network. And they had a sports promo that they did. And mm -hmm. they had Muhammad Ali on one side. And then they had me at age six boxing with my eyes closed. <laughs> so I was like, everywhere I went, people were like, yeah, that's the boxing kid. And like, so I thought I was going to do that. Like I thought, wow. I was, you know, I thought that might be something, you know, one day mm -hmm. or whatever. But then, uh, then I kind of didn't do it for a while. And my parents kind of got into boxing promotion and different things. And so my, you know, I started again. But it, well, I started in my in my teenage years where they hit a lot harder. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then I had braces and I tried to box with braces, had this special mouthpiece. Oh. And then my mom was afraid I'd get my mouth all fucked up. So it was like a whole thing. And then I got knocked out a couple of times sparring. And, you know, so I kind of, you know, we, we kind of edged our way out of it. But I think okay. that's what I thought I was going to do. And then I just knew I wanted to be an artist. And then I thought, hey. You know, I don't know what kind of artist. So fashion designer was the first thing that I thought I wanted to do. Oh, wow. In high school, I was all like, you know, I'm going to be a fashion designer. I'm going to be like Carl Lagerfeld. I'm going to have a ponytail and like fucking, you know, supermodels next to me. Like I thought, <laughs> that seemed like the coolest job. When you have no idea what it is, mm -hmm. it seems like the coolest job ever. You're just sure. walking, walking around with models. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do that. And then I went to a religious phase. I was a Mormon for a couple of years and whatever. And it was like a whole wow. thing. And I went to South America and thing. And then I ended up and I, in New York. Hold on, you're skipping over. Yeah, I know. It's like I've said it a few times. I don't know if I was terrible with you guys. Yeah, I went to a Mormon stage. I was Mormon for six years. Uh, I was a missionary in South America, Santiago, Chile. I lived Holy for two years. And uh, I was a Mormon for about six years total. And Wait, how, how old were you when you were doing this? Uh, 19. I was a convert, though. My parents weren't. Uh, my parents were kind of partiers. And so okay. I think to piss them off to rebel, I kind of went the other way and became a Mormon. Wow. Wow. That's cool, though. That is interesting <laughs> yeah. that you went the exact opposite way to rebel if your parents were partiers yeah. and you were like, no. 
think See, I, I, and I knew you were Mormon in the past. Isn't that, isn't that what he did? Like he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god but uh so, so yeah so i went through that wow. i went to byu idaho for like a year and then it was like okay. a whole thing and then i ended up getting uh into parsons in new york city and then i oh, thought cool. i was going to be a fashion designer i really thought that that's what i was going to do it was like wow and i was just you know i i went to the program i worked at calvin klein i kind of had a shoe-in job when i when i was out of school so the whole thing i really thought it was going to sure. happen and then it was like um you know, but I still wasn't sure because people seem miserable at Calvin Klein. And so I was just like, I don't know, man, even though they were like, you know, kind of making money, they didn't seem happy or whatever. Right. And then my yeah. girlfriend at the time, who was a Mormon, and she worked at a hotel and uh, she worked with another guy who was Pete Corielli, who's oh. a, a comedian. Yeah. Hello, Pete. Know, and uh, so Pete was a starting out comedian and he worked with her at this hotel and he would tell her he wanted to be a comic and stuff. And then I always said, you know, cause I, when I was a kid, I loved Kennison and all that stuff. George yeah, yeah. And stuff. So I loved comedy and I always thought it'd be a cool job. I just didn't know you could actually do that as a job. Sure. And so he would like talk to her and talk. And eventually I met him and started hanging out with him a little bit. And he was a bus boy at the New York comedy club and he would bus for stage time and cook too. They had a full kitchen. This is before, you know, all the former and grill shit. Like there was a full yeah. kitchen. <laughs> and, uh, and I was scared, whatever. I think I did one open mic. I said, I'm not sure, whatever. And then he said, look, can you help cover my shift? I got to do a, a road gig and with Brewer or somebody in Jersey or whatever. And so then I started kind of working at the New York Comedy Club. And uh, I would cook uh, hamburgers and mo drop mozzarella sticks and a fryer. And then I would get five minutes uh, to check spots on all the early shows. Awesome. And the late shows. I'd get the midnight shows too. Right. So I did that for about two years. And then that's when I was just like, okay, this, this, it just, I just kind of morphed into it. I didn't say I was going to be a comic. All right. That's I was cool. Very, yeah. Yeah. I'm very shy and stuff like that. So I didn't think I'd ever be doing stand up. So but that's, that's awesome. Though. Story. See, I, I, that's a, that's the kind of <laughs> shit when I, before I, when I, <laughs> before, you know, before I started doing it, I had read, you know, I, I was a comedy nerd when I was in high school. So, you know, I, I had, I had every fucking book from the 60s, 70s about stand up. You know, uh, Franklin Ajay's book, Comic Insights, was, I used to carry it around with me in my nice. backpack all the time because I thought it was just fucking fascinating. Who was the first comic you saw? First comic like, I saw was uh, Richard Jenny. Oh, wow. Where at? Um, in Arizona, I, when I was, so I born in Brooklyn, moved to Arizona for a bit. And then, um, I don't, we saw him at some kind of, uh, work, my, my cousin, my uncle worked for a, um, a big company and I guess they had hired Jenny to come out and perform for the company. You know what I mean? It was like one of the, one of the, it was like a corporate gate or whatever the hell it was. And I got to like, but as a kid, but he was so, he, you know what he was doing that got me when I was a kid at the time was, uh, that bit about, um, <clears throat> uh waking up for school okay. and you and you're not want to wake up and you're screaming back and forth to your parents or whatever i'm up and lying about getting up and not really getting up but as a kid i thought that was the funniest fucking thing i thought i was the only one who did it <laughs> so i was just like this guy's fucking great and i think his special came out called crazy from the heat okay um on uh on vhs or whatever and i we, we i remember we had that too and i got to hold it because i was like i'm gonna keep this in my room so it was fucking awesome it was he was my favorite and when i was younger uh, I just love what did it say? Is that, what, did, what did that? What did they say? <laughs> oh, Polar Knight said, as a bobber, I love this show. It's the perfect evolution of beards. <laughs> it really is. It's a little loose up top, it's a little more filled here. It's like, it's like Serpico in the corner. Like everybody's, everybody's covered here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking that's great. Good. Um, my first comic was, um, I remember my parents, uh, or my brother, it was my brother. They won tickets on the radio to see Kenny Loggins, uh, you know, uh, Danger Zone, Footloose, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, uh, uh, opening act was Mario Joyner. And that oh, was, wow. Was, he had to open for like Kenny. It was horrible. Like, it, no, <laughs> yeah. They're all white people. Nobody what a terrible combination. It's a Kenny Loggins <laughs> fan base. Nobody wants to see Mario Jordan. They don't know who he is yet. Mm -hmm. So I remember him just like bombing and just being horrible. And then I remember thinking to myself, oh, you could be bad at something and still get paid. I might do this one. This <laughs> 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 seems cool. It's like That's weird. so funny. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that whole thing. I mean, we've had comics on here constantly talk about opening for, uh, you know, weird bands and shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
like I I feel like that went away, and I don't know if it was I don't know why I don't know if it was because the agents don't manage comics and bands that you know what I mean because I feel like they got mashed together. Yeah, I did, but it doesn't happen that much. No, nah, it doesn't. I've done it a little bit. I did uh, bamboozled. Remember that? that they yeah, were, yeah. You know, in Jersey, they would have like, sure. and that never it never works out when you combine comedy and music. You no, know? like it just never. It, it's I remember I did uh, I and I was with freaking. Triumph, insult Peter yeah. him because a legend, and we were just like under this tent. We we're waiting for some like we had to follow this punk band, mm-hmm. and they were like a rip-off rancid or whatever. And then so like, <laughs> it, was, it was them and then us, okay. And I'm right. like, fucking Peter Smigel, the fucking genius. And I'm saying it was gonna be me, then him. Like it was just a two-man show. I was so excited. And so we're about to go after this punk band, and all of a sudden the punk band gets off and they say, Yo, come to our tent, we have free pizza. And like 300 people <laughs> just left. And I was sitting and there wasn't one person. And then, this, he's got his little dog on the, the cigar. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to get some pizza. Like the show oh. was completely canceled. It was like hilarious. That's Amazing. fucking hilarious, man. Yes. But yeah, yeah, pizza over comedy any day. That's, oh yeah. That's, that's, that, that's the moral there. Absolutely. Like full and circle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I've done some stuff, and sometimes it works all right. I, I opened for Lone Star, which is like a big country band and stuff. Oh, cool. The thing is with me is I, you know, because I have the country theme or Texas or whatever, so I would always uh, get you know booked to open for some sort of music. Like I opened for Johnny Cash. Um, oh wow! In person, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. By the way. <laughs> I fucking fell for that so got, hard. Got the hook right in my cheek. <laughs> he looked just like him. He didn't sound just like him. I'm not lying. This is a real guy. He's like the best in Branson. And um, I, I got booked on that gig. And um, remember that Missy lady that died? You know what I'm talking about? She used oh, to yeah, book- yeah, yeah, yeah. She, well, she booked me on that. And okay. uh, it was uh, the weirdest thing because I love Johnny. And so I was so enamored by the whole thing. I didn't care that he was in person. The guy looks, I mean, it, He's dead on, you know? Yeah. And, I'm, and it was like this shitty gig. And it was like an Elks Lodge or something, which uh, I, I don't know what an Elks Lodge is. I, I think it's like Illuminati for poor people. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, worse. it's worse. It's never good. Right. And everybody's like a thousand years old. Yeah. And so I'm on stage and I kind of eat it. But I'm doing, you know, I'm trying to like be fun because I'm trying to because I don't want to ruin it for them. Because I sure. always take that thing like, you know. Like normally, if I'm if there's a comic behind me, I don't give a shit. Like I would burn the room down. Like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about saving the show for you. No, unless you're paying me good money and you're you're a big act or something. But if you're just some whatever, I don't give a right. shit. And so you know, so I just like you know, so I was trying to be peppy about the whole thing. And so I eat a dick, and then they bring up Johnny Cash. You know, yeah. And so he goes on stage, and you know, and I'm all happy because we talked before, and I'm like, mm-hmm. he said he was gonna play Hurt for me, you know, the Nine Inch Nails. Oh. I was so excited, you know. And then he gets on stage, he starts shitting on me, and but he's, you know, <laughs> and this is weird thing. I'm wearing a Johnny Cash T-shirt, and like, and then Johnny Cash is shitting on me. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's not very funny, huh? Well, his set went up in a ring of fire, and he's like, fuck with me like that, and I start getting pissed off. I'm like, fuck you, Johnny, and I start like. I start flipping them off. Like, Fuck you. I'm going to go play Jim Carter in the parking lot. Like, I start flipping it out. <laughs> and then the next day, I got in trouble. They were like, they heard you flipped off Johnny Cash. You motherfucked Johnny Cash. I go, no, no. I motherfucked a guy who, named Steve who thinks he's Johnny Cash. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But it was like this whole thing. So, yeah. so comedy oh. and music doesn't always work out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best fucking like oh my god that's line. fucking hilarious man not walk the line. oh my god <laughs> fucking great so then what <laughs> was was it like that's gotta be like i would would you consider that a hell gig because i feel like you made it fun for yourself you know what i mean it wasn't yeah. even like you know like it's not even i don't believe in that phrase really you know it's like yeah as long as it's you know somebody's actually paying you, yeah, you know, it's like it's whatever. I don't. Right. I I get surprised when they're a good gig. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, when it's like goes well. Oh my god! <laughs> the light you said work that. And the mic works and you get right. your money and you know I'm always surprised. I'm like, oh my, wow, did that just happen? Did I get paid on time? Was that crowd <laughs> actually really good? You know I, mean? I expected to be a hell gig. Yeah. You know? But Isn't uh, it weird the bar is set so low for us that any time yeah. like if we get if we get normal shit like we're ha- like 
I was uh, I was talking to Ted Alexandro and I was like, yeah, dude, I'm like the first time, you know, I got to work with you. You were so nice. Uh, I said, you let me, we, I got to, we got to eat dinner together. And he goes, I just want to stop you there. <laughs> he goes, how, how low is the bar set for comics that you thought I was nice because I let you eat with me? <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, yeah, that is kind of, I never thought about it like that. But I was like, yeah, you let me eat with him soup at a table like people. I thought it was cool. I, nobody else ever did that. Yeah, I wouldn't let you eat with me. I uh, <laughs> you eat in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, comics. Oh, speaking of car, this is funny. There's a comic. I might say his name. I haven't decided. Do it. We'll Fuck, we love. Not that. yet. Not yet. Not oh, yet. But I'm. Right. I'm just. I'm gonna work it around. I'm gonna be telling his stories throughout the show. But one of the things he used to do is this: a guy. He's from Canada. That's all I'll say. And okay. He's, he's not that old, but whatever. Right. You just right. put it together yourself. So he, um, this guy used to like he'd have openers drive him to gigs, right? And then they would, uh, and instead of taking the hotel from the club he would take the money from from the club and then make the, the him and the opener they'd have to sleep in the opener's car instead of taking the hotel because he pocketed the money for the what? hotel <laughs> so they would sleep in the comedy club parking lot what a piece of shit <laughs> take, what is it 50 bucks for a, right yeah you know for a motel 6 40 30 bucks you know what i mean like i don't know it's crazy Oh my god! Yes, eating with a comic is a big deal. It is when a right, comic, yeah, yeah. Somebody like Ted is a big deal because he's like a, you know. But usually, the more funnier and the more brilliant they are, the nicer they are. You know, absolutely, yeah. 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 That was a, that was the thing that was different too. Is like it was it was with Ted, so it meant more, obviously. Because after yeah. that, I was doing elk lodges with dudes who were yelling at me for not wearing a watch, and I was like, "Why are you yelling?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was the weird. Funnier they are, the more of a dick they are, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, did you go for, so when you went, when you got to New York and you were doing that kind of stuff too, did you think like, I'm going to make money doing this? This is my thing forever. Or were you like, this is fun? Um, it's just now being fun. Like this month. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 you know, the last couple of months have been fun. Um, okay. But, uh, no, I don't know, man. I just, I just kind of felt like. I just kind of went with it. And so yeah. that, I think it's like, I, I never, I mean, it's always fun when you're up there and sure. you, know, you get to just do whatever you want to do. It's the coolest gig in the world. Like yeah. you get to be a rock star and you don't have to know how to play an instrument. Like it's right. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. You get Good to dress however you want. You get to say whatever you want. Like it's, yep. a, you know, so I was always, a, you know, into it. Like because of that, like I was, yeah. I was always drawn yeah. to it. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's always been fun. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you can make a living telling jokes and lifting people, sure. and, you know, bringing joy into their shitty lives. Like, yeah, it's a good, it's great. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoy that. But, no, um, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the kind of fun thing too. Um, were you a guy who immediately wanted to go out on the road or were you content with like, just kind of hanging out in New York? What was your vibe? I still don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's cool though. <laughs> still don't i, I hear you I, I just like like you know i think the running the shows thing like got me real tight on stage yeah. but it also mm -hmm. kind of like you know kept me off the road like it, it, i wasn't sure. able to like work as much so i was you know i'm probably you know i have a perfect city act like i have the mm -hmm. perfect new york city 20 minutes like i know how to do that yeah so i feel like but I'm just now kind of working the road, you know, like yeah. these, with these big comics that I'm blessed to work with and stuff. And so I get to, you know, do that now. But that's um, right. Yeah, you get you, yeah. you're uh, you open for TJ Miller a lot, right? TJ Miller and Nate Bergazzi. I'm doing a tour with and him. Nate, yeah. That's so, right. Yeah. So that's been great. You know, that's so awesome. These, these are like, you know, Nate, Nate's, you know, that's unbelievable. Like it's, you know, like 5000 people and stuff, you know, so it's just like a yeah. dream come true. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, so you go from these shitty, you know, Johnny Cash or whatever. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is fun. And then I, you know, then you see the crowd and it's all, awesome, yeah. you know, so it's like, how was the adjustment for you? from going from that kind of thing to a 5,000 seater to a, um, to a larger venues and stuff. Was it weird? It's not weird, but it's definitely adjustment. Um, sure. It's more about, um, you know, his act is, is clean. So you gotta be, you gotta be clean. Like a lot of yeah. kids come out with their you yeah. know parents with their kids and stuff. So I had to adjust a lot of that. I'm pretty edgy. You know, I grew yeah, up yeah. with David Tell inspiration and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's yeah. kind of what I do, but it's, so I had to kind of reel that back a little bit. 
Yeah. But it's been good. It's been challenging, but it's been good for me. And the money's great. So yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't strike me as like a like a starstruck guy, but were you ever like when you like is there anybody that you ever like comedy wise that you're like, holy shit, like or not really? Um John Legazamo freaked me out. Like he yeah. was just he was hanging out at the comic strip and everybody was treating him like he's just a comic. And I was like, nah, dude, you're John. <laughs> I couldn't even speak. Like he right. I was thrown back by him because I yeah. feel like he's I used to see all his one-man shows, like uh Sexaholic and Freak and all that in Manhattan. Like, yeah. I think he's so talented. And then his yeah. movies, you know, he just spawn and like oh yeah. Oh, spawn like, he's was just so great. Good. He's in everything, you know. And so yeah. Yeah. I just He's one I couldn't really speak. Like I was just like I was just like yeah. a dork, kind of be like, hey, yeah, yeah, I love your work. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, and I because there's some people where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna treat them like you know, like a regular person. But some people you want to go up to and say, holy shit, you're fucking great. But you're like, if I say that, it's gonna suck. Like I don't have anything to say, but I want to say something. It's a weird, it's a weird combination of shit. Like I, I find it so funny when people are like, you know. Uh, younger than us in comedy or whatever, like, oh, can you believe we can't say hi to Seinfeld? And I'm like, yes, I can <laughs> believe you can just walk up. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Seinfeld's kind of like reserved or whatever, but yeah. I mean, now we have famous friends, and so it's, you know, we get it. But mm -hmm. when you're, you're starting out, you don't, you know, you're not around anybody famous, and so you don't, yeah, yeah. But now, yeah. you know, we both, I'm sure, have people that are yeah. stuff. And so it's like you get it and then you can't have a real conversation without somebody coming up with a selfie or whatever. Oh, so yeah, you, yeah. You get all the, the downsides to it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like I, I just it's it's definitely been great for me because I've paid cool. so many dues. So doing these kind of shows have been have been really, you know. Yeah. Really nice and just you know it's like it's like cruise ship money but i don't have to be on a cruise you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> on a tour it's, bus in the jet you know what i mean like it's yeah. like a little better <laughs> <laughs> anytime you don't have to be on a cruise now during fucking covid dude is all it, right is it i see these yeah. people going down there doing it and i love them most of them are my friends and i love I know. every single person and every comic that does a cruise is a real comic and they're fucking great dudes. oh yeah but i wouldn't want to be them right now like i still feel it's got to be weird it's got to be weird you know, that's Definitely. the thing though. It's the pressure of like, you're, you're making so much money doing the cruise and you're like, how the fuck, like you feel terrible turning down the money you're making on a cruise. And then yeah. it's like, but I could also die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's showbiz, you know, that's, right. you're set up like that. You know, there's so many people that have compromised so many things. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'll suck a dick, but I get that part. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that's that's what showbiz is. Absolutely, I agree, and I don't think it should change. <laughs> I think that's the perfect clip for this show. I think so too. Yeah, I'm gonna suck a dick. I get the part. That's what showbiz <laughs> is. Like, I might get COVID, but it's three grand a week. You know, that's the comic strip. They don't get it. so desperate because you can't pay that. The man, you know, get you yeah. pay more, and they don't. Yeah. So it's like you got to go out the fucking water and get fucking a disease just to make decent money. You know, what absolutely. I mean? it's, yeah. it's pathetic. Yeah. It really is. I know. I only have like another five years left before anybody's gonna pull up in a limo and ask me for a handy to get a role in a show. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, come on, <laughs> that fucking limo. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tight t-shirt look you gotta use it while you can baby so what saying, this is not gonna stay this is the, i don't know what's gonna happen yeah that's gonna stay we know that's it, we all hate so. you for that hair it's gonna stay you got that good gene is that a grandmother or something like who had that hair in your family oh italian man, i'm all italian. my my dad's brothers all of them full head of hair ah. it's my grand my grandma you know yeah. i'm yeah you know fantastic shit. Yeah, everybody fucking <laughs> when you see them in family photos, the only thing that happens to them is that they went gray at like 21. <laughs> and I was like, if that's the curse, then that's fine. I don't that care works. what it is. But yeah, yeah, they were fucking yeah. crazy, man. That's all, like, do, uh, do you find it conflicting, though? Like, I don't know how you feel about it, because I, I'm always kind of torn between like a lot of our friends who uh, kind of just have gone a little nuts during covid like there's people i genuinely like a lot oh but who are very much like you know pandemic shit and i and i don't like i, I can't it drives me fucking crazy and uh, some of them with extreme followings you know what i mean where they're like yeah. kind of putting it out there that this is all a bunch of bullshit and i'm like and then you know i posted something the other day but i but i just thought of it because i was like i genuinely i'm surprised i don't know why but I was like, but it does kind of shock me. But then I'm like, well, considering how well comedians handled the AIDS epidemic, 
I don't know why I'm surprised that they can't wrap their heads around the COVID pandemic, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know. You know, I used to kind of be kind of in it, you know, as far as like whatever was happening, I would just kind of like, you know, kind of go after it and like set my opinion. I used to go after comedy. I used to kind of like... You know, I used to, I was one of the first writers for cringe humor. I would kind of like go after like the hypocrisy and how, you know, stuff. I would also, you know, and I would kind of do that. But then I realized in the older I get, it's like, you know, I don't know if I want to fight that fight anymore. You know, I feel like I I don't want to be a sellout and a pussy, but it's like, I don't try to put as much business online like I used to. I try to keep it a little vague because I don't want people, you know, because you're like the fucking ghost of Christmas future to me because I, I'm like everything you're saying. I have this impulse to do and I'm like, oh, maybe I should. Yeah, I mean, it you, do, you know, it's like, I mean, I don't I mean, I don't know, dude. I mean, I don't there's just so much going yeah. on. I'm just amazed by things, you know, it's like yeah. because like Kumia Network. Different, there's, there's so many. It doesn't matter what your affiliation is. There's, you know, there's still going to be people that will let you say and do whatever you want. So there's so yeah. much going on. Like, and a lot of those guys are my friends. And so sure. I don't want to piss yeah. on them at all. Yeah. I'm just saying it's like, I don't know. It's like comics, you know, Brad Paisley was talking about it. He said that he thinks entertainers or this is the kind of stuff that gets people COVID. But he, <laughs> <laughs> he said he thinks entertainers are kind of immune to COVID and stuff because we are around people so much and we're sharing microphones and stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's, wow. But, but that's it's, the kind He of does know doctors who are also around people <laughs> that are getting it, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just. COVID I keeps us work. young. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. try to go too much at it anymore. You know? No, I know what you mean. It is, it's just one of those things that frustrate. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm just taking crazy pills and when it's, and when it's, it's worse when it's somebody that, you know, I don't I don't know why it is, but when it's strangers, you kind of, ex- you don't know them. So you kind of expect it and you can kind of, yeah. you know, brush it off. But then when it's somebody in, in, you know, your world, you're like, what the fuck happened to you? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know, man. I yeah, think I feel you. the key is for the people not to know what your affiliations are and what your yeah. are, and just you know, I blew that one. Just makes <laughs> make, just make some money on everybody, and just yep. you know, I agree. I agree. Keep it light, keep it light. You know, what yeah. I mean? write your book when you're done and tell everybody how you feel about them. But in the yeah, meantime, <laughs> punk rock thing. Don't pay you the bills. <laughs> uh, I, you're, you're absolutely fucking right. You're absolutely. Bill Hicks right. be playing fucking knuckleheads right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so that is so sad but true you're absolutely yeah. right like, i don't right. know so i try to stay away from that shit right now and yeah i got fr- people that you see it and you're like what the fuck and so i used to do that but i've lost family members over it and so me too I try to, well yeah so i try to like now i'm yeah. backing up a little i've had to block when you have to block an aunt on facebook because <laughs> of her political you know what I mean? you're just like All well right. that's what I, I said that to somebody the other day where i was like i was like there is something kind of truly fucked up about like like how social media and and all that other shit has made it seem convinced it has convinced other people that uh everybody has a platform and it's like yeah. it's it's not though like your 75 year old aunt doesn't have an audience so there's no real reason to go at her yeah. but it, but well, she probably has a podcast with- yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think I'm not a big. This whole thing's made me not a fan of freedom of speech because I feel like too many people have freedom to fucking. I agree. They have no idea. I get mad when people critique movies that have never done anything in movies. Like, dude, me fucking too. I'm not even kidding you, dude. I, I, uh, a few of my friends, like we were, we all watched, um, uh, Don't Look Up this past. uh, Have you seen it yet? Uh, Not yet. It looks interesting. It's so fucking good, dude. But we were, we all watched it. You guys watch, you're going to watch it and be like, I fucking hated it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I like all those guys. I like yeah, that. me too. But it's a great, it's a great fucking movie, dude. Like it, it totally would de- like holds up the mirror to society, the whole thing satirically. It's brilliant. And it's just, it just shows you what we're doing now. Right. It's really great. But I have a lot of friends who like kind of were like, no, I didn't think that, but it, and I wanted to be like, what do you do? Shut the fuck up you know what i mean like i get like that too where i'm like i don't understand how you could uh, you know not having done anything ever (laughs) or ever said anything remotely funny yeah uh, yeah people think they could just shit on a movie you know how hard it is to get a movie made ask martin it ain't easy (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so hard to get a movie that's great and then people just like want to fucking just shit on the art project yeah 
I broke up with a girl one time who, who didn't like Pulp Fiction. Like it was like the, I just said I can't I can't be with you. Like we literally <laughs> I was like I can't. You you don't see how G, I just like I'm out I'm out. Yeah. And then she loves soap operas and I'm like oh, fuck you and you're so oh yeah. Like yeah. Oh so, my god. You just remind I had a girlfriend uh, who uh, I did not like used to shit on Bob Dylan every time he came on uh, okay. and I, she'd be like, can't listen to him. And I'd be like, and in my head, I knew I was younger, but I was like, this is ridiculous, but I think I'm going to have to end it <laughs> because I want to li- like, I can't do this every time he comes on. It's not, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. did everything we're going to do. I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to make this last. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with tambourine man. Mr. Tambourine man. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, but yeah, but people just, we should have a like shut up day, you know, we should just have like a day where nobody talks, nobody posts, nobody says anything, you know what I mean? Right. Play a silence, like nobody shits on anything, nobody leaves a Yelp review, nobody (laughs) leaves a video fucking comment, like we just shut up. One day, nobody hears your opinion. Yeah. We need one of those days. Like I agree, man. You can, yeah. you can have Valentine's Day. Just give us that day. Like, give us... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel the exact same way you do. I'm just trying to work. So, no, I... I <laughs> so that's why I'm not posting. <laughs> I live in LA and I kind of overdid it and tried to afford my lifestyle. So I I'm, get I'm it. I'm dialing it back a little. It's so smart. No, I get it, dude. I get it. I, I admire you, too, because most people go to LA out of shame or because they got caught doing something mm. shitty in New York. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, where yeah, people yeah. flee. They're like, "Oh my god, I should go to L.A. where no one knows me, and uh, <laughs> and there aren't sexual assault charges against me. I should go to L.A. <laughs> yeah, and just do well, it there." I mean, yeah, not like that's not out there too. So you know. no, I know you. No, it is, but they just switch. <laughs> they accept you know? it more. Yeah, they, they, no, not even that. Not even that. You just have it's to bigger, like you. producers. Like it's not yeah. just the yeah. comics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it used to be people used to go out to each coast to do different things. You went out to the yeah. if you were on L.A., you went to the East Coast because more stand up. If you go out to yeah. L.A., it's for TV shit. And now it's just because like. You know, to no, but I like you know with LA for me, like mm. you know, I'm working on scripts and stuff, so yeah. I I wanted to aim a little higher, so I feel like no, I hear you. Why, that's why I went to LA. It's just like because I, you know, I could be a city comic and make a decent buck, but to me, I want to do more than that. I don't want to be no, I, I hear you. Some of these guys are like close to their you know 60s and stuff, and and they're still doing clubs. It's like I don't know. I just kind of yeah. want to take it a little further, you know. No, I did. Dude, yeah. I totally get it. When I was out in LA, I, I had network meetings all the time. I had yeah. it constantly kept you writing, constantly getting yeah. picture trips. And plus you make friends with all those people. Cause like the amount of people that I, I met when I had these network meetings and stuff, and then they move, like they move all the time. So like this sure. person gets promoted to this place at NBC. And then you kind of get like called back into the shuffle. Yeah. It's, it's makes you feel like even when you're not like, uh, you know, doing the stand up thing or whatever, you're still busy doing five other projects that could possibly yeah. go somewhere. Yeah. Or you could just make your own shit out there. I mean, it's like, it's yeah. so, you know, it's like if you just looked in your apartment complex, I bet you could find a sound guy and a We all live together all the time. Yes. <laughs> like you could just do your own projects, you know, which yeah. I love the idea of that, you know, being out in LA. So I know what you mean. I knew I was going to be like, I was, I was at a cafe, not to brag in LA and, uh, <laughs> Please brag. I love it. But I know, yeah. Uh, I just love what people like, But I was at a cafe and somebody was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was literally eating and I'm just like, I'm like nothing. I'm just eating. Like, great. Could you just sit over here and eat? Because we're filming a thing and we need a bag. And I was just like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess. I'll just, you, know, just... <laughs> you should have been like, here's my SAG card. I know. <laughs> I want my day rate. I'm really on to that. You're just having lunch and then you get a credit. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. That's like, is this going to be that, big? That's or? LA right there. You're just yeah. eating a salami sandwich and you get a credit. By the yeah. Time. Do exactly what you're doing, but over there and less mess. Hilarious. <laughs> Fuck. Um, well, that was, so do you, were you around during the break? Like, I know you're around during the bringer thing, but would you feel like, cause that's when I started was 2005 and it was the height of bringer shows. Yeah. So like, I, did you, did you kind of like, you know, are we still talking about this bringer shows? Uh, <laughs> no, we don't have to, but I wanted it. Well, it's getting to somewhere else. It's, it's a thing. People are like, but it's off. not, it's just not around anymore, but it was a thing yeah. for a period of time. Like we're well, like, bringers are still around. There's bringer shows. Are, are they really doing it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, you I can, didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. People oh, are so. still finding a way to, you know, I don't, I mean, yeah, I did bringers. But the thing was, is I was a Mormon and so I can bring half the church. So I, <laughs> I remember I did one bringer show at uh, New York Comedy Club. It was I I'm not even exaggerating. It was at least 40 people, maybe more. 
And, uh, it was really funny because I didn't tell anybody that I was a Mormon and I didn't tell anybody the crowd was Mormon. And so comics were going up, just talking about eating ass or whatever. And then the <laughs> <laughs> nobody was laughing. And then I think, and Chris Mazzilli, who owns Gotham, was a comic at the time. And yeah. he, he and he didn't know either. And he goes, what are you guys, fucking Mormon? And then everybody went crazy. And they were like, yeah, we are. And it was like the funniest thing. That's awesome. hilarious. But yeah, I did bringers for a little bit, you know, and then to like, you know, kind of got kicked out of the church. And so I couldn't bring 40 people. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, finger bang the Sunday school teacher. Next thing you know. I'm, uh, you know <laughs> Is that how it went down? Again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's why I started producing shows. Like I, was, you know, the Mormon things I work at, I gotta, I gotta figure a way to do it. So that oh, is hard to But I jumped from, I didn't, you know, I don't have. There's not a problem with bringer shows as long as you. No. But what you, I was no, getting no, at, anyway, is that I don't think you stayed particularly long in anyone's. But you know what I mean, like, like, yeah, I don't, yeah you seem to to rise pretty quickly in the in the you know yeah. in the New York scene. So yeah, I just did what I could do and whatever. Yeah. I always felt it was, you know, if I could find a way to you know, get people that like, I would, you know, stand on a corner and bark or whatever. It's more of sure. a, it, that's, that's more honorable, honorable than, you know, bringing your office, yeah. your office staff every freaking Friday night. You know what I mean? Oh, like, totally. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I, I kind of started barking. Like I was the first person to do it in Times Square and get a team mm -hmm. and all that shit. So it's like, nice. you know, so, so I, I ruined a lot of, you know, comedy venues. <laughs> we took that format and then put on shitty shows. But I don't know. I just, you know, comics need to. And then Pete Holmes did a whole thing, a show around it. But you know, oh my god, yeah, I know, <laughs> crashing. I loved, I loved when that was on the air because all my Facebook feed was just either people praising it, trying to get on it, or yeah. or or like just shitting on it. Like this is not how it. You don't you don't run into Sarah Silverman on a street corner and then she just brings yeah. you on. Well, the road, you know, I mean. I mean, the Artie Lang thing, it was like, like Artie Lang would not hang out with you unless you had drugs. And then he would right. hang out with you if you were an open micer. But, um, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I got on it, so that was fun, you know. And I, you know, mm. Pete, was, Pete was nice enough to do that and stuff. And yeah. So, yeah, the thing is, is like, you know, a show like that, you know, it's, you know, I, it's just like nobody cares about stand-up except comedians. Right. You know I mean? Like, I'm dying up here, went off the air. I know. The crashing went off the air. You know, Marvelous Miss Maisel has like a time period that's interesting. And so I think people are into that. Well, uh, but, people only care about comedy outside of comedy when it is like a Miss Maisel thing, when it's yeah. very, when it's non, when it when it's not really real. You know what I mean? Yeah, Anytime yeah. it gets to like what we actually do. Yeah. They're like. It's very fanciful, that show. So it doesn't. Yeah. Like, it's uh, so, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't always work. You know, people don't are drawn to it. But then but with that show, I think they were just trying to keep keep peak interest and in story ideas. And so, you know, it's it's more interesting to probably in their idea to have him, you know, jump from Barker to a warm up comic or, you know, sure. pretty quickly. I mean, he did do all that stuff. It just took a long yeah. period. You know, it was like three years. But to me, the problem with whenever they do they portray stand up, the funny part is not the success. You right. Know, even Seinfeld, I felt it would have been funnier if he was like not making money. Right. And if yeah. he went to his apartment, he had no cereal in those glasses. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been funnier. Or all off brand. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, could, he couldn't even get on the Joe Franklin show instead of being on the Tonight <laughs> Show every night. You know what I mean? Like it would have been funnier. Yeah. If he was not successful. You're right. You know? So, you know, to me, it's like they always try to like jump, you know, they jump too early. But you do know. you think any of the movies did it right? Some what's that one? There's that. Have you ever seen the Dark Backward? Have you ever seen that? No. What the, is that? Judd Nelson and uh, Bill Paxton. That's I've never heard me. of it. It's the greatest stand-up comedian movie of all time because it's so weird and so ridiculous. And okay. if, you, if you're, you seem like an art guy and stuff, and so check that out. It's I'm not going to tell you anything about it because because it's like a weird thing that happens at the end and it's like okay a, ruin it if I tell you so watch that movie but that's a weird one but um punchline's ridiculous obviously oh yeah that's garbage the only thing that's realistic about that is when he's performing in the park and you're like oh it's like COVID you know <laughs> <laughs> finally it makes sense yeah but um but the meltdown I like because yeah. I've had a few of those. And yeah. so when he has the meltdown, he's crying from his dad and his brother. That I kind of like that scene. I think that's yeah. the only realistic scene of the whole movie. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I agree. What do you think of funny like, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny people. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Yeah, people, right? That was bad. That was bad. It was like, there were like, I, it's always weird that every time somebody makes a stand-up thing, there's like 
two or three or four, maybe four parts where you're like, yeah. hey, that's that's what we do. And then yeah. the rest of it's like some love. It's like it's like how they did a love story around Titanic. And you were like, we just want to see people dying in the shit. <laughs> fucking say, like, Yeah. King of comedy was pretty spot on. Oh, yeah. Know? King of comedy was good. King of comedy is kind of like we're all pretty close to doing something like that. You know, yes. like, <laughs> and i like to feel that movie i think that's pretty kick-ass but yeah um, yeah i don't i try to think what else uh you know they try to do a comedian with with uh de niro, oh, de niro yeah. bad, and i don't know it's like yeah uh, it's a shame anytime they do that i've I'm never seen lenny that i think hopefully it'll 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 give it justice you know that's yeah so we'll see what happens but i hope so too man um, i think the joker you- nailed it nailed it <laughs> I think so too, but that's where it's being a comedy. It's almost it is. Yeah. It's like it's pretty much yeah. That's it's like yeah. it's the alternate ending is all that movie is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Instead of going to jail, he just shoots him in the face. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's very close. But yeah, I think the Joker was great, yeah, especially with like you know just nobody getting him and just like the the, the manic of like scribbling in the thing and yeah. yeah. Just uh, the emptiness and Dangerfields was perfect because that, oh that my club God. is so hollow and like the yeah. way he feels and like it was perfect. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Absolutely. I think that definitely yeah. nailed it. I didn't know Dangerfield was going to be in the movie and I'm sitting in the theater with my friends or whatever and I recognize the club and I immediately got this pit in my stomach where I was like, oh my God, I remember like, I remember Wednesday nights when I was 21 and this is fucking horrible. Um, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Do you, re- do you remember your first paid gig? My first paid gig. Yeah, first um, time you got money for doing it. Um, probably a prom show. You know, uh, at Governors. No, we used to do them at New York Comedy Club. Oh. You know, it's like, and uh, the prom shows are funny because it's like in Manhattan. You know, it's like all the comedy clubs, like the shitty, not not the shitty, but the kind of the low end, whatever comedy clubs. But I guess Caroline says it too. Like the bigger clubs do it as well. But what they do is they all have like a deal with the with the uh, limo drivers, mm-hmm. so they all kind of make these connections. They're like, okay, man, if you bring kids in, we'll give you, we'll throw back money. And so what ends up happening is all these limo drivers, the kids don't want to go, but the, the limo drivers talk them into going. They're like, hey, sure. the comedy show, this will be great. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Dave Chappelle, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so these poor kids come into the comedy show and you know a lot of times and then so we would know these prom shows were going to happen but we wouldn't know when so a lot of times we'd have to just wait all night sometimes it could be they get there 11 30 they might get there at like 3 30 oh so we would have these late long shows and so we'd just be you know smoking weed and getting hammered and then we have to entertain children nice <laughs> <laughs> because some of the kids were young they were like 14 and stuff like junior proms and stuff so yeah. that was probably the first time, you know, just probably getting up 20 bucks on a prom show. It was probably the first time I got paid, paid. I had one gig that I was, you know, I think the gig, one gig before that was probably the worst gig of my life. And it was, uh, I took a comedy writing class at the new school. And uh, I, you know, I was like the only one that was kind of doing stand up, like at a club and stuff. And so I was, I think I was still working at New York Comedy Club as a busboy. But I was, you know, I was getting time, but I was slowly yeah. getting to closer to where I wanted to be. And then, uh, so this is actually the first gig gig. And, uh, this guy in the class thought I was really funny. And he's he had a friend that was a DJ and they were doing, um, a new year's Eve, uh, show for these Polish people in the cat skills and they needed a comedian. And he always said I was really funny in class. And so, um, so I got all excited. I was like, all right, got a new year's Eve gig. And I'd never done any stand up anywhere really, except right. this check spots at the New York comedy club. And so I got this gig and I call my mom. My mom's all excited. My mom flies in with my stepdad who does, who's just, he, we don't even get along really. And so they fly in and then we drive from New York to the freaking Catskills or whatever, or uh, maybe it's the Poconos. Might've been the Poconos. What's okay. the, that's, that's the one out of Pennsylvania, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're driving to the Poconos, right? And they're doing this, this Polish New Year's Eve show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just so you know, I've gone through a lot of looks. Like if this was my Eddie Vedder look. And so I had real I had hair about like you. I used to be pretty. I had the long hair, and the, the freaking the long goatee, all that shit. And then I, and then I didn't have like, what am I gonna wear? It's a New Year's Eve show, so I went to a thrift store and I bought like one of those ruffle 
freaking you know shirts and like a, a leather blazer and i got it i got it awesome. like you know yeah i got it like unbuttoned and i got beads and you know that kind of shit jim right but i went through that phase and so <laughs> you know so i get up there and everybody's like black tie everybody's you know just high-end people it's you know they all got money they're jewish they're polish i guess the whole thing is just wrong from the get-go and so <laughs> i'm the wrong guy for this Anybody else like Elon Gold wasn't available? Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> why? Why am I doing this? And so, and it, it was like one of those things where it was like supposed to pay a hundred bucks, and then, um, and I was supposed to, and it's like you don't know anything about comedy when you first take a gig. They they said, okay, right. you got to do thirty minutes, and then you're going to take a break. They're going to do some dancing, and then you do another thirty minutes. What? <laughs> I didn't have any of that time. I got none of that time. But I remember, oh. like, I was telling everybody at the New York Comedy Club, and I remember Brad Trackman uh, lent me jokes. He says, I'll rent you these jokes. If you pay me like 20 bucks, you can use like five of my jokes for this. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. He had all these jokes that, like, I just slaughtered them when I was on stage. And, like, right. and it was the worst bomb I've ever had in my life because they, what they did is everybody was having a good time dancing, and then they stopped the dancing. And they were like, okay, everybody stop having fun. Let's do comedy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's so fucking amazing. Just, <laughs> and just, sit down and focus on this shit. And I was up there and my mom filmed the whole thing on one of those big ass video cameras. With the awesome. And it was wow. like just horrible bomb. And I'm just like melting down. I'm like, you know, and then I'm like, fuck you people. And I start going there. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's their New Year's Eve, and I'm like right. meltdown. And my parents are that. That's why I get the whole okay, bunch of lights. <laughs> yes, man, that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. And my mom's, and it's the, and it's me telling my mom that I should, you know, go beyond art and be a comedian. Because <laughs> this was the gig that was going to prove that to them, and I was right. just awful. But wow. uh, but I got I was supposed to get a hundred. They only paid me fifty, and I didn't even I didn't even question. I was like, yeah, that's I deserve. That's what I deserve. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how bad it was. I was like, okay, that's yeah, good. I'm not even gonna argue this. You're like, I just gotta get out of here. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that's fucking hilarious, man. I I there there was a uh, I do you know you ever go to Seaside like New Jersey? You ever been down that area? Not a whole lot. Okay. There's a there's a club there. It closed down about a year ago or whatever, but it used to be called Bamboo. And it was like that one of those places that was like, you know, they would let 18 year olds into the bar, but they would like, you just can't drink. You know what I mean? But then it was but, but then everybody else was in there would do whatever. I got hired. And this is like I was, um, I don't know, like four years into comedy at this point. And I thought, you know, when you think you have the kind like, so I'm like, yeah, I can do whatever. It's a lot of fun. Had a couple had had some shit that was going kind of well. So I was like, I've got to hold on it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I had a I had an old theater arts teacher hire me to do a uh, like a school thing, like a benefit. And but I was like, great. I'm like, but uh, as long as there's no kids there, we're good. It was for like the senior class, something, something, whatever the hell it is, probably players and shit. And I was like, yeah, she goes, that's great. It's not going to be a problem. I go, awesome. I'll do it. So I get there and the money is going to be great. And uh, it's in this it's in that bar. And I get there and there's fucking everybody's children. Everybody, it's all parents, and then there's teens, and they're in the like there's the stage, and there's the dance floor in front of the stage. So all these fucking seniors are like doing their, you know, when you're, you know, you're at a dance floor, you're with your girlfriend, it's the first time you're sure. doing anything. So they're all having a blast, and their parents are getting drunk, and I'm immediately like, I'm gonna die. This, this I'm gonna die here. <laughs> so I go up to her, and I'm like, Do you? I'm like, Do you have any idea? Sorry, my cat's creeping up in the background. Do you have, do you have any idea? I'm like, I'm like, the, the kid, are they leaving? Like, what's going on? Can I do my shit in front of the kids? Because I don't have like stuff to do in front of you know teens. And she's like, it's going to be fine. Everybody's hammered. She was kind of a fine person too. So she thought it was going to be okay. She's like, it's going to be great. I get on and I start and the kids then stop dancing, but they sit around me like it's story time. So they're all cross. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I just do my, the shit I've been doing in New York. It's just all that stuff, but they're, they're loving it. And I'm like, oh, this is actually going pretty well. They get it. You know, they understand where I'm coming from. I'm kind of, I wrote some high school jokes too about, you know, whatever. So I'm like, oh, those are going well. And so one of the parents comes up and takes the mic from me. Oh, wow. And they're like, uh, we are, we apologize. <laughs> uh, and I didn't even like, I, it wasn't like, I was like, Cut, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't do any set, but, but they were just like, we apologize. Uh, but, uh, and I was just like, uh, what's going on? And the woman who hired me 
who I'm still friends with, my old theater teacher, ran up and she was like, you have to leave. Uh, and she just gave me the money and she was like, I am so sorry, but they're coming for you. And I was like, who? And I like, so I got the money and I started to walk out and one of the dads follows me out and he was like, how dare you, sir? Like, like and he was like yeah. on the phone. He was like, you wait right here. And I was like, who could he possibly be calling? Like, and he was like, I can't believe you made it all about you. And I was like, it is all about me. I don't have jokes about your kids. <laughs> I was like, but it freaked me the fuck out. I was like, this is nuts. They're nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did a camp show one time at Gotham Comedy Club, and it was like in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And similar thing happened to me. I was on stage doing my comedy in front of these kids, and Chris Brazili came up and took the beer out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> He just, he just took the beer and I was like, what's happening? And he just like, I'm, holding I'm fighting him. I'm fighting, I'm holding on to the beer. And to, yes. We're fighting over the beer. And then he just takes it out. And I'm like, hey. And then I just get back. I'm like, all right. Oh my God. Well, my comedy is That's awful. hilarious. Yeah. I just love the idea of you being like, you know I can see you, right? You're not a ghost. <laughs> if it was in a show if somebody wrote a show yeah, about comedy yeah. and this shit happened then you know just hanging out with sarah yeah absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well listen dude i've kept you for an hour i want to thank you for coming on i got two questions left that we ask yes, every guest yes, so i'm just yes. gonna run them by you yes. first question is if you can go back in time talk to your younger self and give yourself a piece of advice that would help you today what would it be ah uh... You know, I think be a little more well-rounded. I remember one time we were um, we were hanging out at uh, New York Comedy Club, and Dave Attell was outside smoking cigarettes and being Dave Attell. And I remember mm-hmm. like we all walked up to him, we're like, "Dave, do you have any advice for like young like w- w- we just want to know like?" And he just looked at us. He goes, "Acting school, acting school." What's <laughs> 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 talking about? <laughs> and so. I think that would be something to be a little not just think that I could just be a stand up and, 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 you know, I think I'd want to be more well-rounded, you know, learn yeah. the craft of other things and, you know, not be as lazy and write more and, you know, that kind of thing. I guess I yeah. would say, you know, be more prolific and, um, you know, learn more about different crafts, not just stand up. Right. Cool. Man. Uh, yeah. Second question is what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Um, well, the world, I mean, COVID was the best thing that happened to me. It was amazing. It was a great, I mean, I hate it for people, you know, but it was yeah. good for me. It, it got me not booking a show. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, uh, produced the first zoom comedy album that got on Sirius XM. Yeah, um, man. I found it, I, that and that actually, that's probably some of my best stuff. It's all about my family. It's all real stories. You know, so it was like it, it got me out of my shell of being that city comic. And I kind of like opened it up with that and I uh, started asking people for things and started kind of like hustling. And now I'm touring and doing some big work. And I got to L.A. and, you know, I got a dog and a car. And, you know, so it's like, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the end of the world for me to be happy, but I'm OK with it. <laughs> I love it, man. And dude, it's so good to talk to you, dude. You're fucking hilarious. I, you, I miss seeing you. So, uh, yeah. you know, let me know. Um, I love this. This is a great format. Let me know. I'd love to come back. Yeah, we good. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely, Anytime you want. Man. Yeah. Without Thank you doubt. so much for coming on, dude. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Dystopia tonight.